So you could, as an instructor, be the team captain for your club's team and be part of the team and training chapter where you live, but that chapter may already have the actual coach. But you could, as a team that's doing it together, you could provide additional trainings at your club to keep that team motivated and progressing towards the goal. This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm John McGowan, your host, who's very grateful that you're listening in a previous episode, I introduced you to Jim Karanis, and Jim is the program director for the Indoor Cycling Group of North America in a support of Live Strong Fitness. When I was at Club Industry, I met the members of the Indoor Cycling Group's education team. They are an incredibly interesting bunch, not only from their ability as fitness educators, but as people. And so I've asked uh, a couple of them to join me on the podcast, and today is the first of a number of introductory interviews. I'd like you to meet Steve Frank. Steve, welcome to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Thank you, John. How are you today? I'm very well, and I so enjoyed meeting all of you. In the uh, interview I did with Jim, I made a brief comment about, you know, we all met for dinner and how I was lost in downtown Chicago in the rain um, yes. With my GPS screaming, recalculating at me. So, uh, but it was very fun. I got a chance to take some of your classes, uh, demonstration classes that you were doing at Club Industry. Uh, you were demonstrating both your education, but at the same time, your virtual active, virtual rides that I believe are very cool. When you first saw those, what was your reaction? I loved them. As an outdoor cyclist, it just was great. As I said, when I was at Club Industry, how cool was it that I was able to wake up in Chicago and get in a cab and go to McCormick Place, and in a blink of an eye, I was riding through the mountains of Arizona. And the quality is just incredible of the My Ride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's very cool, and, and, and I'm excited to be able to show that to everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, you are part of the indoor cycling groups education team here in North America. You know, you and I talked a little bit beforehand, and I have to make the comment that we have a very well-educated group of (laughs) master instructors here. Uh, Tom Scotto, one of our master instructors, he's a Berkeley graduate. I understand that you actually have a master's from Harvard. Um, I feel incredibly uneducated compared to (laughs) a number of you. (laughs) <laughs> well, we won't we won't discuss the worth of that uh, piece of paper. I'd like to give everybody an understanding of your cycling experience, and I understand that you know you've got certifications through Mad Dog and Heart Zones. Mm-hmm. But you told me something that really struck me, and it's something that I've always been interested to in knowing more about, and that is the team and training program where you are uh, an endurance coach. 
Can you give everybody an understanding of that? Absolutely. So I am head cycling coach for the Southeast Michigan chapter of Team in Training. For those who don't know, Team in Training is a fundraising arm of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Team in Training is actually the largest sports endurance training company in the U.S. by sheer volume of athletes that we train to complete endurance events ranging from full and half marathons to century rides, which for those who may not know are 100 mile bike rides. And I always feel I need to qualify and say it's 100 miles in one day. Triathlons, they actually used to do rollerblading endurance events. They don't do those as much anymore. And they have hikes. I train participants and athletes to complete 100 mile bike rides. What I love about it is we really, truly take people from the couch to the finish line. I have people who sign up for, come to me in January, wanting to do a 100-mile ride that we'll be doing around Lake Tahoe in June, and they are gung-ho to do it. They tell me their athletic background, they played varsity tennis, they had a whole host of things they did. They graduated high school 37 years ago and haven't done much since. (laughs) um, You got a little work to do. And and they don't own a bicycle, but they're committed to riding 100 miles in one day around Lake Tahoe in only six months from when they sign up. It's what I love about it. It's taking that person and helping them to shift perspective and to, to attain a huge goal. And they do it. And they do it. What Do you have an understanding of your success rate? I can tell you that, and it's partly tied into fundraising also, is some of the reason that people drop. But on average, my retention from the time people sign up until to how many people cross the finish line is 88 to 91% on average. That's fantastic. It's awesome. It's awesome. And again, it's, you know, I mentioned earlier, partly that shifting of perspective will train indoors for a while, which is where a lot of this, you know, the, the indoor cycling comes into play, especially when you live in Michigan and you're training at the end of January or beginning of February. It's, it's Minneapolis where I am. And it was 23 degrees this morning when I woke up. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you, you have us beat. I'm happy to say. <laughs> yes. yes. Here on, here on October 21st, it, it was 23 degrees on my thermometer when I got up uh, for coffee. Wow. That's when you just don't look at it. But, um, <laughs> no, that's when my wife rolls over and picks up her computer and says, we're booking a trip to Jamaica. Oh, now there's a good plan. <laughs> there, there's a good plan. You know, by the time we get out for our first ride, it might be a 12 to 15 mile relatively flat bike ride. And uh, I'm sure some of your listeners can appreciate this because we have people, I know in my indoor cycling classes, I have people who don't ride outside very often. So the thought of 12 to 15 miles is just a very long ride. And for somebody who really only started even indoor cycling, maybe six weeks prior to that, they don't know how they're going to get through a 15 mile ride. What I love is about two months later, I inevitably get an email from that person who was most scared about a 12 to 15 mile ride. And the email is something as short as have to tell you, I had the most awesome short 35 mile ride today. I didn't have time to get a really long ride in, but I got in 35 
Oh, at, hooray. You know, that shift in perspective is huge. I see my club. I teach for Lifetime Fitness. What I have watched them do with their cycling clubs is nothing short of amazing in that recognizing that, you know, they're losing participation attendance in their clubs in the summer months, especially here in the north where you know, we get such a brief window of nice weather that a studio can really benefit by that connection in order to retain them as members. And the way that they get that, re- that connection is to providing a summer alternative, especially for those who are not typical outdoor cyclists. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to guess, Steve, that you're, I mean, you, you're starting a lot of people from scratch. So at some point you're in a grassy field teaching them how to get in and out of pedals. Are you, I mean, are you, is that one of the things that you're doing? Absolutely. And what I, what I do is while it's not necessarily a grassy field, because I have them for about six weeks before we get outside, what I do is I alternate the trainings during the week indoors. So we do one training, one of the studios I teach at is generous enough to donate space to me so that I can bring my team in there, even though they're not all members of the club. And they let me use that. And I do that once a week. The other day of the week, I actually do it on wind trainers. And I have people bring their bicycles and we hook them up to wind trainers. So I've got them practicing clipping in and out. Even though the bike is steady, they Mm -hmm. get used to the movement a little. I like to tell this story. You'll be able to relate to it. If you clip into your pedals, I'm here to tell you now, you are going to fall at some point. You're not going to Absolutely. hurt, you're not Absolutely. Going to hurt yourself right. because the only thing you're going to hurt is your ego because you're never going to fall when you're alone. You're only going to fall when there's a crowd of people around you to see you fall. <laughs> <laughs> you're exactly right. I remember doing it in the front in, in the front of my house with all of our neighbors around. Right. And I can remember, and she must have been probably seven or eight years old, my older daughter. I can I remember her yelling, Daddy, are you okay? Right. As I'm laying on the curb, mm-hmm. you know, with with my left foot unhooked, right. laying on my right side. Exactly. And <laughs> and what hurt was your ego, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, and, you know what? Well, but at the same time, it it must really be, um, oh, what would? Because you're not getting paid to do this, are you? It is primarily a volunteer position, right? Primarily, yeah. So, yes. so I mean, so there's so you're getting something from it you know, that's not financial. Absolutely. And I recognize, you know, in, in so many cases, uh, us as instructors, you know, it, it certainly isn't the money. No. And for some of us, it's the club membership. But at the same time, I'm sure, you know, the, the, you know, we're also getting something for enhancing people's lives. And it sounds something very cool. Are there openings for, you know, a knowledgeable indoor cycling instructor, to, you know, to get involved with team and training? Absolutely. It helps if the knowledgeable indoor cycling instructor has outdoor experience. Well, I would almost think it's that's almost a it's, given, though. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. I mean, they need to. So I can't because there are there are some fantastic indoor cycling instructors who never ride outside. We're right? trying to change that, and we are trying to change that. <laughs> um, I personally, you know, I, I think there are some that do a good job, but I think that to have that. That knowledge outside makes a difference. And it's one of those things you mentioned about my ride in the beginning that really not only encourages it, it enhances the 
outdoor cyclist's ability to engage a class and teach because you really can psych those people up about the value of riding outside and give them that outdoor experience. But so, yes, back to your original, there, there's absolutely, there are openings, there are chapters all over the U.S. Some states have multiple chapters. Um, I know that the Minneapolis chapter is a pretty big team and training chapter. I see them at a lot of events. But to get to your other point you'd made, though, that you're in Michigan, you're training somebody, but their goal century is in Nevada. Right. We take them there. It's one of the beauties of team and training. If you, whether you've done an, an endurance event before or you've never done one, event weekend is always stress producing, right? You've got to figure out the logistics of how you're getting your bike there and how you're getting yourself there and where's the start line and what time do I wake up and where am I going to eat dinner the night before? When you participate in team and training, we do all that for you. It's like having a personal concierge and all you have to worry about is training and making sure you've got your stuff with you. We transport the bike. We make the air reservations. We make the hotel reservations. We do a huge pasta dinner, inspiration dinner the night before the ride. We even do a victory party after the ride. So all that stuff is taken away, and you just need to concentrate on your training and your fundraising, of course. But by event weekend, it's just your training. And you show up, and you have a great time. Before we recorded our interview, Steve, I told you, you know, I just like to let these kind of grow organically because this is not what we decided we're going to talk about. Exactly. But it's fast. But it's fascinating to me. So, as a participant, um, okay. So I think yes, I'm going to do this. What do they have to raise for money, or you know, what what is their financial commitment personally or whatever? It varies by chapter. Basically, what I can tell you is the. Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and Team in Training, they are dedicated to and committed to being able to say that 75 cents from every dollar raised goes towards the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's mission of advocating for patients and finding a cure. So that means we take, in general, the expenses of doing the event we find out what the airfare is going to be ahead of time, what the hotel is, what the event entry fee is, what the costs for the dinners are, the whole thing, and basically multiply that number by four. So for the Michigan chapter, for the people, the 34 people that I took out to Lake Tahoe this past June, they each had a fundraising goal of $3,900. That $3,900 when they raise that 75 cents of every dollar goes towards the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's mission, 25 cents of every dollar to 3,900 covers all of the expenses. So the person's airfares paid for, hotel, all of that. That is just a goal, a minimum number. So once a participant reaches 3,900, every dollar they raise after that, 100% of that dollar goes towards the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's mission. So I can tell you I've been coaching four team in training since 2005. The teams that I have coached since 2005 have raised over $2.5 million for cancer research. And I say cancer research because even though it's the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, there are times that a doctor may be doing research on a drug that they think is going to help with lymphoma or some blood cancer. And while it doesn't do that, it has benefits for other cancers. Wow, that's amazing. 
It's awesome. That's amazing. It's so awesome. it ties it. So it really ties very directly into, you know, your your role as a professional indoor cycling instructor, absolutely. As a master trainer, absolutely. And as a kind of a giving back to others. Yes, a- absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the way I got involved with it actually is pretty interesting. If you have a minute. Well, keep so, going. Okay. So I have done, as a lot of outdoor cyclists, I've done a lot of charity rides over time. And my thought on it always was that I needed to, it was okay for me to ask people for money every year, as long as I was consistent with the cause, that it was a cause that was important to me. If every year I switched causes, to me personally, it felt like people were going to start thinking, well, he likes to ride his bike and he likes to travel and he likes to do it on my dime. So so I stuck, right? So I stuck with a couple of causes that I felt very strongly about. And Leukemia and Lymphoma Society was one that I wanted to get involved with, but because I was already doing others, I never did. It was around November of 2004 that I remember that an email came through that they were looking for a coach. And in the coach capacity, while you can fundraise, you're not required to fundraise. So it was a way for me to give back to the Leukemia Society without actually having to go send out fundraising letters again. And I read it. And at the oh my time, gosh, because I, 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 you know, there's already like a thousand people saying I would do that right. rather than have to raise the money. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Especially I'll show up every listener. Tuesday and Thursday and take a group ride and teach right. his class on Saturdays if I just don't have to ask people for money. Absolutely. So, okay, so so you're saying that that there's there are benefits beyond just the feel good oh, for 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 a coach. Absolutely. So this this came by and I was at the time working a good 60 hours a week and I thought this is great but I don't have time to go do this also. So I sort of trashed the email and didn't think about it. And the next morning I got a phone call from a very close friend of mine whose mother was diagnosed with stage 4 lymphoma. And we talked and we talked and we talked and we talked some more over the next couple of days. And I didn't even think about that email. And it was when I was just sitting quietly reflecting on what was going on that somewhere I remembered seeing the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society was looking for a cycling coach. And I thought, you know, in addition to providing emotional support for my friend, it was a way to do something that I knew I'd feel good about and to do something positive about a situation that didn't seem to be positive. But I couldn't remember where I saw it. So I went back to coffee shops. I was looking all over, and finally I remembered it was an email. And I think I'm probably the only person who put together a resume for this somewhat volunteer position. But I put together my resume, sent it in, and a couple days later interviewed with them and was hired, started coaching my first team in January of 2005, Our first event was June of 2005. By the time I got to that event, my friend's mother was in remission. Oh, hooray. Um, Which was awesome. I have survivors on the team, but what's really cool is I have a guy who's done six rides with me. He's been battling lymphoma for 16 years. The drugs they now use to treat him weren't available when he started, and they were researched with funds provided by our chapter because the funds raised in Michigan stay with Michigan researchers. 
even though it's a national organization. And his doctor benefited from those funds and did the research on the medicine they now use to treat him that has kept him alive all these years. Wow, what a touching story. Yeah, thanks. Fabulous. Okay, so let me, as as you're talking here, I've I've got these ideas running through my head. And I'm going to give you a what-if scenario. And you can tell me if something like this would work or if it's something that I should pursue, you know, with team and training to, you know, to get more detail. So I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this. You're one of the 8,000 some odd instructors that are probably going to hear this over the next couple of months. And I think, you know what, this would be cool. I'm an outdoor cyclist. I have a community within my studio, but my club studio doesn't offer outdoor group rides. And yet I've always thought they should. Is it kind of a turnkey package that, you know, so if I decided I'm going to sign up to be a coach you know, I'm sure, you know, you got to be vetted and, and then, and, and I think you told me earlier that there's a, there's an actual training process that you go through. Yes. You know, okay. So I work for a club or I work for a small studio. I could use this as my basis for a cycling group club. Does that make sense? It, yeah, I see where you're going with it. And it, and it does make sense. It would be something that most likely would require some discussions because the chapter may already have a cycling coach. We have teams that sign up together as part of the bigger, as part of the larger team, right? So you could, as an instructor, be the team captain for your club's team and be part of the team and training chapter where you live, but that chapter may already have the actual coach. But you could, as a team that's doing it together, you could provide additional trainings at your club to keep that team motivated and progressing towards the goal. That's kind of what I'm seeing is that so you may have a group, you know, only half or some portion is actually participating in the in, in the event mm-hmm. through the fundraising. But at the same time, you know, cycling – unless you're at the very elite level, is a community event. Absolutely. You know, we ride as a group. And so does that mean, so it would, yeah, again, again, I'm just trying to find, because I realize people are busy and, you know, that's like, well, I'd love to do this, but how am I going to do this? Right. So whenever I see that there may be some resources in place to help people mm-hmm. um, do something that they've always thought about doing, Right. And and obviously it's winter now or <laughs> very soon. So now's the time to get started with it, isn't yes. it? Yes. Uh, it's a great time to get started. What I will tell you, and one of the things you said, um, I heard you say that everybody's busy, right? Mm-hmm. I will tell you, and I am sure that the indoor cycling instructors listening can relate to this from what you see at the club. The busier people are, the more they manage to do. Agreed. Right? When I have people who come to a team and training information meeting and they're not that busy, they look at the commitment and they can't begin to fathom how they're going to fit trainings and all that into their schedule. But when somebody's already busy, they can do it and they figure it out. The biggest obstacle for people when they're thinking about team and training is they get scared by the fundraising. What's amazing to me is... Often, the person who's most afraid of it is the person who reaches their minimum quickly and just keeps going because all it takes is asking. 
if you don't ask, you don't know. We never got into what we actually were going to talk about, Steve, and that is your expertise as a both personal and business coach. And I'm going to guess that there's a lot we can talk about as as far as coaching instructors in their profession. And uh, we'll just have to leave that to another interview. I will be posting links to information on team and training. I'll do some research here and Steve's going to get me some information as well. So if this is something of interest to you, I'll be able, you'll be able to find this. So Steve Frank, master trainer with the indoor cycling group in support of Livestrong Fitness. Thanks for joining me today and, and uh, giving us this uh, wonderful information. Thanks for having me, John. 